Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show clusterfuck. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me is a man that can deadlift almost three and a half times his body weight. That's right, folks. That's booty work right there. <laughs> that is Demarcus Heller. D, how is Say it? Say what? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, Doc? How you, how's everything going? Mm, mm, you know, another Wednesday, man. Another Wednesday hanging in there. But that's true. I started thinking about that, about your, about your deadlift. It's up there. Oh, yeah? It's up hey. there. Because, I mean, like, what are you at right now? 172? Hmm. Something like that? Uh, I'm a little bit shy of 180. Okay, yeah. And and then you can, and then, I mean, on a good day, you're at 600 deadlift, right? Yeah, like, most I've ever deadlifted was about 635. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see? Look at that. That's, that's, all, <laughs> that's getting close to three and a half times. You yeah, know, it's, it's up there. You, you know what? I I don't <laughs> know that? if I can do one times my body weight with deadlift right now. Nope. Oh, come on, Doc. Okay, I can do one, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't go much. Uh, I'm just horrible at deadlift, man. It's all <laughs> it's all coming from my hamstrings and my lower back. That's it. It's uh, no glute like it should be. <laughs> Synergistic dominance, folks. Anyways, I got sidetracked. <laughs> huh? Uh, D, we're in the eleventh month of the COVID pandemic. I guess you well, actually we could do a little bit longer. I mean, really, really, since the first yeah. case, it's actually been you know a little bit over a year. Jeez, um, right, right. We're we're luckily we're going down a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. we're going down a little bit, but we're still yeah. averaging pretty huge numbers every day. Couple, you know, like over a hundred thousand every day. You know, in right, in, right. in America. Girl, come on. And we're sort of in the fantastic epicenter here of the uh, do-whatever-you-want theory uh, in Florida. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we basically live here in Florida in a Little Caesars commercial commercial perpetually, you know. There are no rules! That kind of... <laughs> huh? Uh, do you remember that commercial? That was like my favorite Little Caesars commercial they had. Yeah, like Little Caesars, only thing I remember is hot and ready. Yeah, well, I mean, that hot and ready. That's the thing. $5. Yeah. There are $5. no rules. Put your shirt back on. There's one rule. Okay. Anyways, that it, it amazes me. I started thinking about this, and the reason I brought all the COVID stuff up, D, was it right. amazes me people's stubbornness. Mm. And, I, and I say that because this past week I ordered a sub from Jersey Mike's. Me and you were just okay. talking about ordering subs. Not from Jersey oh, yeah. Mike's. But yeah. I ordered one from Jersey Mike's, and I got okay. it for the pickup, you know. Because right, I've right. been doing most everything on the pickup because it's the easy way to do things during the pandemic. So true. You it's know? definitely convenient. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to talk to people. Nope. You don't have to get near people. Nope. They just put your sub right. over there, and you're like, Sweet. boom, see you later, you know. <laughs> and so I get there to pick my sub up, and when I came to pick mm. up my sub up, Jersey's Jersey Mike's was full. Wait, what? Oh, I wow. mean, full. Every single table was being <laughs> used. Man. And of, 
And of course, since everybody's eating, nobody's wearing a mask because you can't wear a mask because you're eating. So right, you just got right. a full Jersey Mike's. Everybody mm-hmm. in there just breathing their air together, you know? <laughs> and, and like, I get it. Uh, not wanting to change what you do in your daily because of the virus. I get that, D, you know? Right, right. But And I get, I already know there's people out there listening right now. It's like, hey! Can't tell me what to do. I ain't afraid of no virus. <laughs> That's good. Good for you. Whatever. But yeah. this this was the thing that started, you know, ruminating in my mind. You know, what's that? Like, when have you ever said in your life, Demarcus? You know what would make my day? If I could eat inside a Jersey Mike's. Ew. <laughs> like. Who wants to do that in the first place, Demarcus? Yeah. <laughs> the place looks uh, like a rundown yeah. Greyhound bus station. Like it's That's a fact. there's no there's <laughs> no ambiance. Nope. You're not going in there being like, oh right. this place is amazing. Oh man. Really nice in here. No. Nope. It's horrible. Yeah. Like, I think I've only ever been to Jersey Mike's just once in my life. It's a good sub, Demarcus, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not bad. but the the restaurant, eh. right. on the inside, I got you. Well, and I started thinking to myself, I was like, man, Ben, maybe you're reading too much into it. Maybe they were just getting something to eat. They didn't have anywhere else to eat. But yeah, then I be. thought about it a little more because I'm a loser and I have nothing else to do. So true. And mm-hmm. I realized eh, there are families in there. And this was Sunday. They were obviously mm. coming from church. They were in Sunday clothes, you know? It's obvious in that wow. situation, you have nothing else to do. You have gone right. to church, you have completed that mission, and you are going home. You could have just <laughs> got that stuff and gone home. But instead, right. they were like, no, f- that. I'm eating in the rundown bus <laughs> gas- bus station. That's where I'm eating. Like... What? Hey, you know, now that you mentioned that, what? it kind of does look like a bus stop. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Station. then I oh, thought man. about it a little bit more because I'm a loser and I have nothing else to do. And I was like, right. I was like, not only that, there are perfect park benches outside mm. of this Jersey Mike's. Lovely day. It was 70 degrees and sunny. That's a fact. They could mm. have eaten outside and enjoyed the lovely day. But nope, I'm eating in this Jersey Mike's because people said I shouldn't. And F mm. that, I'm eating here. Like, hey, I started- You gotta stand your ground in Florida, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, s- I started thinking about it. And I'm willing to bet if for some really weird reason, if the CDC and the WHO found mm-hmm. out that inside air was great to reduce the coronavirus, for some weird reason, if everything flipped and they told mm-hmm. everybody, hey, you've got to go inside as much as possible, a lot of these people that were eating in the side of this Jersey Mike would all mm-hmm. of a sudden start picking up their food. They'd be like, mm-mm, nah. Not because, and not because they don't believe the CDC, just right. simply because they're not going to do what somebody else told them to do. That's how stubborn mm, we are. That's right. That's that's how stubborn we are. Um, cool. But, you know, I, I guess I can understand, D, because for mm-hmm. years people have been telling me to make a show that's entertaining huh? and a show that people mm. will listen to. Girl, and I'm like, you know right. what? No! 
I'm making the same horrible show that nobody listens to. I don't care what you say. You know. So far, it's worked out. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, you, know? you got you got some listeners out there. Every now and then. The every now yeah. and then. So, DeMarcus, are you ready to fire up this radio show that is a bus station? Doc G. Let's fire it up. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Gosh, fantastic show today. Catastro is coming on the show. Very excited about these guys. These guys are out of Arizona. They're known. They're known as like they're known as sort of a, a hip hop, but also known as a reggae band, even though they're not really reggae. Um, it's sort of interesting. But these guys have done a lot of uh, uh, great work. Fantastic mm-hmm. songs, m- uh, multiple millions of streams on the streaming services. So true. Uh, I'll tell oh, you an interesting solid. fact. Uh, they've What's opened that? for Red Man and Method Man. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. That nice. was that was a curveball they had back in the day. That You're just like, what? Really? <laughs> Those guys? All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but first, before we get there, DeMarcus, we need to start where we start. Birthday mm-hmm. suit. All right. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay. Um, I'm pretty confident about this one, Demarcus. Uh, I think you know this person. Um, okay. I'm gonna give it 87 percent. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty confident on most of the ones today. I think that I think today's gonna be good. By the way, last time you were on the show. I, f- right. I forgot the third birthday suit. Wham. Ah. I just completely man. forgot it. Yeah. Man. I re- I realized that when the next show with Dave. I was like, Dave, I forgot. <laughs> I mean, we only had two birthday suits with DeMarcus. What am I doing with my ah. life? Come on. Hey. We got to get it together, Doc. I know. I know. I'll try to get it. Uh, you're going to get a little bit of a song in this one. I'm going to give you a little bit of singing. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's the gonna, tunes coming. It's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be in Spanish. Wait, what? You ready? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, born on February tenth, nineteen seventy eight, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Our birthday suit wearer was interested in two things from an early age: the church and music. Hmm. He did give the occasional sermon while growing up. But eventually, he decided to dedicate himself to music. His first studio album was The Last Dawn with Frankie Needles. In 2006, he released his album King of Kings, which became the highest-ranking reggaeton album on the U.S. pop charts. In 2009, he released his third album, I, Don, which went hmm. on to sell 2.5 million albums. And then mm. in 2010, he released his album, The Orphans, with the amazing Danza Kuduro. Danza Kuduro! La mano riba, cintura sola, duemo e de vuelta. You know it? Definitely Don Omar. Ah, yeah! There it is! Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that one in forever. <laughs> right? But let me, let me say something to listeners right now. If that song doesn't get you hype, 
you're wrong. So true. I'll just go ahead and say that right now. <laughs> it's a pretty dope song. Like, oh it's man, it's hard today. Man, it just I'll it's one it. it's one of those songs that I, I just get happy wherever I hear it. Like it's it's <laughs> it gets you amped and happy. Like you're just like, oh, that's right. So good, so good. <laughs> well, in 2012, he came out with the new generation album. And uh, he had been feuding, actually, is, is really weird. Last week uh, uh, with Dave, the first birthday suit wearer, Daddy Yankee. Mm-hmm. What? Ah. Say and what? so apparently, you know, I, I wasn't, I, you know, I'll be the first to admit, I wasn't mm-hmm. deep into the reggaeton, you know? Mm. I listened right, to right. it, and I'm a fan, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not deep into it. I didn't know that he was, they had been feuding really for like the last decade basically hmm. oh i didn't know that either yeah apparently they well it was like it was like just it was more like competition i guess you could say not so much mm. like feuding it was more right, like right. who's who's the king of reggaeton you know mm. but then uh in 2016 they announced that they were going to have a tour together the kingdom <laughs> world tour yeah Interesting. Yeah, then he then he did see so sort of pulled uh, Jay Z. He said he's going to retire, and then in 2019 uh, he came back out with another studio album. Wait, what? But he called Man. he called that last album the last album. So, <laughs> you know, I'm guessing he's finished. It's going to look really bad now if he comes out with another one. He's like, okay, <laughs> this is the last last album. That one, <laughs> that not all the way. Anyways, last album times too. <laughs> Don Omar turning 43. 43. Three. He looks good for 43. Yeah. Mm. I mentioned how Daddy Yankee looks good for 43. I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I don't want to say who's the king of reggaeton between the two of them. I don't want to say who looks better. Both of them are looking good. Both of them are good with reggaeton. There you go. Hey, there but, you have it. But I will... Well, I don't know. I was about to say I'd give... their Now... Donzo Kuduro is definitely like my favorite reggaeton song. Um, mm. But I will say that Daddy Yankee has my favorite uh, Spanish verse I've ever heard. Mm. What's when, that? When they had Little John had a remix of one of his songs and he called it the Spanish remix. And it had Daddy Yankee and Pitbull and a couple other uh, Spanish artists or Spanish-speaking <laughs> artists on it. And, right. uh, oh, my God, Daddy Yankee's verse in that. Yeah, fire. Straight fire. <laughs> oh, so good. So, nice. you know, like I said, both of them. Both of them good. And both of them a week apart as far as the birthdays. Crazy. Hmm. Crazy. Happy birthday, crazy. Don Omar. Live it up, Shout man. Out. Shout out. Okay. Uh, D, are you ready? Rip some headlines. Man, let's rip those headlines. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Oh, man, we got some weird ones today. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> this first one, weird one. Uh, oh, boy. What would you say to someone if you were walking in Target and they right. said, Hey, can I film your feet? Wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, they said, hey, can I film your feet? Word. Film my feet. Yeah. Man, I would I would probably scratch my head and like just walk off. Like, well, apparently yeah. this happens in Munster, Indiana, man. This happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so a lady was walking around last week 
uh, when a man walked up to her and said, Hey, can I see your shoes? Huh? And the woman said, No. He then asked again, but this time he said, Her feet. Word. And she refused again. And then, I like this, the article says, He knelt down, pulled off her shoe and sock, and started filming her bare foot. Hmm. How? Like, she, yeah, yeah. How, did she let him do it? Yeah, <laughs> well, then after just a little bit, the man ran off out of Target, and they're still looking for said man. And <laughs> and as you, as you said, D, how did this physically happen? Hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. There seems like there could be so many steps to which this right. lady could avoid him grabbing right. hold of her foot. Like, yeah. you know, I don't want to blame the victim here, but right. was he lightning quick? Like, how did yeah. this... Who's I? Aha! What? And like, These just, questions need answers. Yeah. She, I, okay, I'll give it to her. Unless if she was disabled and in like a wheelchair or something. I don't think so. I can see that. I don't think that was... I don't think that was part... It wasn't meant... I feel like that would be something you'd want to mention in the story of like well, how... Yeah. You know? Right. But like, second though, I gotta also ask... How does this dude know she's gonna have hot feet? Hmm. Like, I, I'm not a foot guy, you know, because I'm not a weirdo. But like, how can you tell with shoes and socks on that she's gonna have some banging feet? Like, what? What's the giveaway? Oh, uh, uh, she's she's wearing New Balance. That means there's some hot feet right there. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Like, then lastly. I did like how the article said filming her feet. Because, mm. cause like, I mean, they could have just said he pulled out his phone, but they said mm -hmm. filming. So I just got in my head that he, like, pulled out an old 35 millimeter camera and was just like, oh, yeah, Weep. here it is. <laughs> oh, ran out of film. Let me put in a new roll. Well, there we go. And Oh, oh I forgot. One other thing I wanted to say. Like, I would imagine this guy... You know, probably has some other issues mentally and whatnot. Um, so true. But, like, I just imagine that this was, like, a normal dude that, like, worked as, like, an accountant, you know? Mm. And he's sitting at the water cooler on Monday, and one of his workers walks up <laughs> to him and is like, Hey, what'd you do this weekend, Terry? And he's like, well, mm. went to Target looking for ladies with great feet. Huh? And I found a lady <laughs> and filmed her against her will and then sprinted out of the store. Wow. I don't think anybody else saw me, so pretty good weekend. Pretty's not bad. Like, could you how what what do you do in the rest of your life? I want to hey. follow around somebody. Like not not like actually them know I'm following them around. Just just find out what they do in a day. If you film right. a person's feet in Target, what are you doing with the rest of your day? Like, yeah, that's... Gotta that's be some a, weird like, stuff, right? <laughs> that's definitely some weird stuff right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so DeMarcus, I've heard some pretty good stories about how couples uh, come together, you know? Some pretty good, right. like, where they met stories. Uh, this next one, though, I think could be, like, the best story ever if it actually calls them to get together. Word. Mm. So, so Demetrius, Demetrius was up for court appearance in Fort Lauderdale, uh, for mm. attempted burglary on Thursday of last week. Jeez. 
Uh, when he stepped in front of the judge, he said, Judge, you are so gorgeous. Wait, what? So gorgeous, <laughs> Judge. I just had mm. to tell you, because you're gorgeous. Um, mm. Judge Tabitha Blackman said, Flattery, flattery will get you everywhere, but maybe not here. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh. But I mean... <laughs> Let's be honest, Demarcus. How great right. would that be if this was a how you met your wife story? Like, huh? Hey. Huh? You know. I mean, you you, you, you got to give him credit for trying, right? <laughs> he shot his shot. Yeah, I wouldn't have. <laughs> nope. I mean, like, just just imagine that story. Well, I was right. in court because I was trying to steal some stuff from a person's house. Wait, what? And the judge <laughs> was just so hot, I had to let her know. Huh? After she sends me to two years, I told her, hey, are you into conjugal visits? Huh? She had the bailiff ta tase me in the nuts, so I knew we were meant to be together. It was fantastic. Like, it'd be good. I'm just saying. Yeah. Hey, hey, anything is possible, man. Exactly. <laughs> wise words. Wise words from Kevin Garnett. Um... D, you know you're pretty new to this show, you know? Right, right. But there's something that regular listeners of the Doc G Show know, mm -hmm. and that's the fact that we celebrate old people if they're awesome. So true. Mm. You know? We're not we're not ageist here on the Doc G show. Nope. If you're that's good to know. if you're 15 and awesome, we'll highlight what you do. If you're 101 and awesome, we'll highlight what you do. And you know what? We've got somebody checking in at 101 today. Nice. Yes. Mr. John Cochran from Nebraska last week just turned 101. Say what? 101. Yeah. Shout out. Yes. yes. Shout out. Yes. Happy birthday. Now, I know what you're thinking probably. You're like, hmm, 101? Guess, guess he probably he's probably not doing too much. Well, guess again. Yes! This dude <laughs> is hitting up the Nebraska YMCA five times a week. Nice, nah, getting his fitness on. Five times a week. He is definitely the Jack LaLanne of Nebraska. That's a fact. I mean, nice. I'm, I'm glad the folks at the Y aren't really sticklers on the young part of the Young Men's Christian Association, because... If they actually stuck to that why, no offense to John, I don't know if he'd make it in. I'm just saying. Um, when the news reporters came to the why, they actually went and filmed him, right? And right. Uh, they asked him, they were like, what do you do when you come in? And he said, I try to do about 18 different exercises every time I come in. He then went on and explained. He said, you know, I pull down, I pull up pull this way, I lift, I push, I do exercises. He does it all, DeMarcus. That's why I say he does it all. It sounds like it. Yeah, he's he's pretty good evidence, though, too, that you don't need to actually know too much stuff to get some things done in the gym. Nope. Like, right. like I mean, hey, John, what exercise are you doing over there? Oh, this? This is uh, lift bar up exercise <laughs> oh good all right that sounds good it's nice i do this for a period of time until i'm tired and then i do it again 
Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. That's what that's what John's up to. Um, <laughs> now, one of my favorite things about John too is in this video of him working out. He's he's wearing gloves during his workout, but interesting. But like every other person that I know that's over the age of sixty, instead of actually getting lifting gloves, it mm. looks like he just went to Ace Hardware and picked out the first pair of work <laughs> gloves that he found and said, "Yeah, it'd be great. I can go to the Y <laughs> workout and then afterwards help them clean their gutters. That should be good. It's, All right." It's like. It sounds like the mittens of Bernie Sanders. Yeah, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. Uh, I mean, we, he hasn't. That I feel feel like mittens might be a little bit tough to work out. Man. <laughs> but uh, he uh, he's an inspiration. He's sort of a uh, he's sort of a celebrity in this gym, apparently. Mm. And all all the young fellas in the gym, they end up saying to him, "When I get your age, I hope I'm half as in shape as you are." To which he replies. You want to aim to be in better shape than I am. Yes! He says the longer you can stay with it, the uh, the more you put off some of the aging that naturally takes place. Yes. So true. Oh, okay. Yes. I hear you, John. A mother effing inspiration. <laughs> John Cochran. Yes. He knows it, man. That's you, wisdom right there. You know That's it, man. Wisdom. You know it. Uh... DeMarcus, are you ready for a fact that I bet you were unaware of? Hmm. Lay it on me, Doc. All right. You can get married at the age of 14 in North Carolina. Really? Yeah. yeah. Didn't know that. There you go. But a couple of state legislators have introduced a bill that would raise the state's minimum age from 14 to 18. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Reach for Comment, musician Jerry Lee Lewis said, That's Bush League. I married a 13-year-old while I was still married to my second wife, and I married my cousin. What? All right. <laughs> Bro, you tripping. <laughs> he didn't actually say that, DeMarcus, but he did marry his 13-year-old cousin while he was still married to his second wife. That did what? happen. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. Sort of derailed his uh, career a little bit. Mm. Yeah. People weren't on board with that. He thought, like, he could sort of talk his way out of it. People weren't really cool with it, you know? And it was one of those things that his manager was like, hey, how about you don't marry her? And he was like, nope, right. doing it. Mm. Mm. I think I think he's on a six wife now. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, well, he is 85, so, you know, Man. he's had some time to reach six, but still. Um, <laughs> anyways, so uh, anybody anybody that's 14 and worried about their marriage, uh, head to North Carolina before they change that, that rule. Um, <laughs> DeMarcus, in your young days, did you ever uh, try to get in somewhere with a fake ID? Hmm. <laughs> no, I, I would just go in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I never, I never did either. I, hmm. I think it was just because like I didn't have really any place to go. You know, like there wasn't really any place that I needed to go. Now I, right. I remember back in the day, one of the classic ways though you'd do it is you'd get your older brother or your older sister's ID after they hmm. renewed theirs. 
mm-hmm. you just go using the old one, hoping they don't look at the expiration date, you know? Uh, that, was, yeah. that was a classic before they actually mm-hmm. really started looking at them and, like, scanning them, you know? Ah, yeah. I, I remember I heard in one of my classes one time, student, several years ago, uh, I heard her talking before the class how she'd bought a fake ID online. Mm. And then, oh, yeah. on a trip, she lost her real ID. Jeez. And used mm. the fake ID to get on the plane home. Oh, wow. And she said it worked. That's which, pretty ballsy. Yeah, which made me say, <laughs> man, I hope you're lying because that makes me really worry about airport security, if that's right. the case. Like, Jesus. <laughs> but anyways, the, the reason that yeah. I brought this up is because the mm. story's about a fake ID. Mm. Um, so a girl in Edmond, Oklahoma... Went to a bar, tried to get into the bar with fake ID. And uh, as is often the case, the bar ran the ID, came back fake, so they didn't let her in. And they kept her fake ID and told her to get out of there, you know? So true. And uh, usually that'd be where it ends, right? The girl would be like, ah, I can't get into the bar. All right, I'm going home, you know? Right. Apparently this girl was pretty partial to that fake ID. So she called up the police. What? And told them the told them the bar had took her real ID and she wanted it back. Word. She oh, wow. told the police that she was the person <laughs> in the ID, which the person on the ID was a Texas woman with the name McNamee Queen. McNamee Queen. Which which really is this super bad? Out of wow. all the names in the world, you went with McNamee Queen. That's right. I'm like, come on now. Yeah. What are you, what an Irish R and B singer? Come on, McNamee <laughs> right. Queen. Anyways, the police actually went to the bar so because they were like, oh, okay, you need your yeah, that's that's reasonable, and they right. got the license, and of course they ran the license too. And there was no McNamee Queen. The ID actually went to a man named Robert Sanchez in Texas. <laughs> they told her it was a fake, of course, and then they arrested her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of those, though, you, you got to cut your losses, lady. You got to... Hey, free, free my homie McNamee Queen. <laughs> Let her out. <laughs> Uh, you gotta be honest. I mean, that's, that takes a big cojones going, you know right. what? I'm gonna call up the police to straighten this out. Like, they're the police. They can run that. They, yeah. they know. Anyways, uh... Demarcus, uh, let's see here. Do I have... I've got, I've got time. I've got what time for this real short story here. Big news out of Connecticut. The state lawmakers have decided that they're going to make pizza Connecticut's official state food. Pizza? Yeah. Patricia Dillon and Gary Winfield have proposed a bill that officially designates pizza as Connecticut state food. 
Which is pizza like popping like that in Connecticut? <laughs> First, I'm glad to hear though that lawmakers are really working on important stuff. Hey, okay. we got pandemics and climate crisis. You know what? We got to get this the state pizza passed. It's important. We got to right. get this going. Anyways, like you said though, Demarcus, like come on, Connecticut, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? You may have great pizza. I'm not denying it. It may be the best pizza in the country. But everybody knows that's already New York's thing. Oh, yeah. Like, Definitely New York. You're not stealing that from... That's like trying to claim your state food is crabs before Maryland. Nope. Or, <laughs> yeah. or your state food is Mountain Dude and lard before Ew. West Virginia can. You just can't do that, all right? It's already right. theirs. Don't try it. Like, I just... Come on, Connecticut. You're better than that, you know? Yeah, y'all tripping. Y'all tripping out there in Connecticut. They posted it in the paper. They had several number one ranked pizza places, but I was just like, you, you're not going to convince New Yorkers. You're not going to do it. And New York's got 10 million people, man. You're just not... Right. You're not going to pass it. They're not... <laughs> it's... Come on. Come, they got famous rays. They've got yeah. famous rays. Come on. <laughs> Anyways, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guests. This is Catastro. Very excited about this. This is a good song right here. She doesn't know. Right here on the Doc G Show. Lonely, lonely, I've been gone for days. Train find a smile on my face I don't know if I'll ever feel the same But she don't know, she don't know Lines and lines, I know you love that taste I was bending you over, I had you screaming my name I don't know if I'll ever feel the same But she don't I remember I was close to you and now you're so gone I need these drugs thing out of hold of you And when I was gone I know you always my homies too But you don't know, you don't know Yeah, we like dropping the top We were cruising when skies were only blue Got lost in your sauce
gon' know it Not another heartbreak, I'ma make another mistake I'll open up the gates, I'ma walk you upstairs, roommate, oh wait Uh, that's 30 money, big weight Spend it how you like, got the keys to the safe Here we go again, same blonde, different face I'ma open up her legs, leave a mess for the mate We start from the top, I remember Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners of the radio show, do yourself a favor. And if you haven't started downloading the podcast, you need to go do that because it will make your day. You can go listen to my annoying voice. And Demarcus's soothing, enjoyable voice, along especially for the ladies. There you go. For and along with Dave Berlin's soothing voices, all three in a cacophony of sounds that you can let just mm, titillate your ears all night long Wait, if what? you want. You can have that happen if you download the podcast. And then I'd say after you download the podcast. You should probably give us five stars. So true. You know why? It'll make my day. It will definitely make my day. Am I right, Demarcus? I like your word usage there. Titillate. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's a good word. I think it's an underused word, you know? I think it should yeah. be used more. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're it's stimulating. It's exciting. It is. You know? Anyways. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see here. First, I need to give some shout-outs. So true. Uh, now, Demarcus, last week on the show, I realized that I'd been doing, I'd been doing a little bit too much uh, international love. Girl, I got on. so excited about my international listeners, which don't get me wrong, I'm still mm. excited about my international listeners that I was right. overlooking. Our regulars, you know, our our domestic mm-hmm. love here in the United States. So that's a fact. Got to give some shout outs to the regulars here. First off, most definitely. 
Duval, Jacksonville. Shout out to everybody here in Jacksonville. Thank you for listening. Shout out. Shout out to Columbia SC, the regulars up there in Gamecock country. You uh, already know. Shout out. Roanoke, Virginia, the star city in Virginia. Good times up in Roanoke. Big shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Columbus, Ohio. Shout out. Coming in with the Y-O-Y-O. Yes, indeed. Nice. Gainesville, Florida. Shout out to Gator Country. Thank you for listening. Shout out. Uh, shout out. Ashburn, Virginia. Been regular since back in 2016. Ashburn. Okay. Yeah. Word. Big shout yeah. out. Winfield, West Virginia. Shout out to you guys. Hey, uh, Winfield, don't uh, take offense to my Mountain Dude and Lard comment. All right? That was... <laughs> sorry about that. Hey, I've got family that live in West Virginia. I understand, right. you know? That's a fact. Just saying. Boardman, Oregon. Shout out to Boardman. All the way on the West Coast. Yeah. Also on the West Coast. San Diego, California. Shout out to you guys. I love San Diego. Yeah. Isn't it great? It's great. It I is. love it. Every every time we have somebody on the show from San Diego, I just have to tell them, like, hey, I'd probably move to your city. I'd do it. I'd do it. What, what, was, that, what was that joint we went to in San Diego? The Hodads. Hodads. Yes. Hodads. That's, that's my spot. Yeah. Mm, so good. I oh, always yeah. tell people, too, about the the uh, the waiter we had there. Oh, How he was just coolest. the he was the yeah. quintessential San Diegan. He was oh, just yeah. so late. I actually had a whole monologue on the show about that dude and just <laughs> how he got so excited. And when when we told him we wanted both onion rings and fries, and it was like a light bulb right. exploded in his head. He's like, hey, we've got this thing called Frings. It's both fries and onion rings. What? Hey, he hooked us up. <laughs> That's exactly what we want, bro. Bring yeah. it on. Oh, God. Shout out to San Diego. Yeah. Fantastic. Big shout out. Peoria, Illinois. Shout out to Peoria. Okay. You know, uh, the Chicago Bulls train there every now and then. That happened. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I remember that for the last dance because he was mentioning something about being in Peoria. And I was like, oh, oh man. Mm. MJ, <laughs> being in one of my one of our regular listening hotspots. Nice. Nice. He's probably listening right now. Yeah, it's probably him. You're right. Oh, it's yeah. probably yeah. Michael Jordan. And yeah. if, Shout if, out, Mike. if it is, he's like, guy is insane for me. Good Lord, he freaks <laughs> yeah. me out. Um Atlanta, Georgia, shout out to ATL. ATL, shout out. Shout out to Charlotte, North Carolina, Queen City. Big uh, shout out. Shout out to Radford, Virginia, home of the Highlanders. Okay. That is our regular listeners there. Now I got a little semi-regulars and newcomers coming in with a ton of listens this week. Biloxi, hmm. Mississippi. Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah, ton of ton of <laughs> listens from Mississippi. They were they were up there, man. They were like second uh, second or third most listens. I don't know what got into them, but there were some people checking checking out the show in Biloxi, um, Paulsboro, <laughs> New Jersey, Paulsboro. Yeah, okay. don't know where it is, but shout out to you guys. Never heard of it, but shout out, yeah. One of the places that we could have visited, Demarcus, Buffalo, New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big shout out, New York. Yeah. Austin, Texas. Shout out to Austin, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good things going on in Austin. That's a happening town. And then lastly, San Angelo, Texas. Shout out to San Angelo. 
Shout out, Texas. Now, I said I wasn't going to do any international. I got one international, though, that's a newcomer. Okay. Newcomer International. Shout out from Africa, Senegal. Shout out. Yeah. Big shout out to the motherland. Senegal, man. I was very excited. I get I get very excited when we have a new international listener. So if you're listening in Senegal, keep listening. We're going to bring the fire for you. We're going to bring it. Uh, okay. I got one more story here, DeMarcus. Leftover story. This is sort of interesting one. Uh, and... It, it's really because of the title. It drew me right. in because of the title. So this is from WTAJ in Pennsylvania. And the title cool. is, quote, Harry Styles Lookalike Arrested for Armed Robbery. Hmm. Hmm. So, you know, when I heard this, I was like, whoa, this dude must be like a Harry Styles impersonator or something. <laughs> or like, you know, somebody that like... Uh, uh, described him, described him as Harry Styles. So I started reading this article and there's literally nothing in the article that would actually make them write that except that he kind of looks like Harry Styles. That's a fact. (laughs) Like, there's nothing like... Nobody was describing this dude to the police and was like, oh yeah, so he's like Harry Styles. No. Nope. No. Nope. This dude (laughs) apparently... Greg Block at WTAJ was just like, the world needs to realize this dude looks like Harry Styles. <laughs> like, then it was even in, even more interesting because at one point in the story, it says that one of the girls that he robbed hmm. described him, said the robber was her height. And they hmm. listed her height at 5'3". And I was hmm. like, whoa. Whoa, is Harry Styles 5'3"? And then I looked it up. No, he's six feet. That's right. He's six feet. And I was like, okay. So, I mean, I know we're looking mainly facial here as far right. as look alike, But still, if you're off nine inches, that's a pretty big deal. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Then you look at the mugshot, and the dude does, like I said, he looks uh, sort of like Harry Styles. But he's right. also literally got a 33 tattooed on his forehead. Wait, what? And what? I, I was like, uh, I mean, I'm just like, come on. I know <laughs> I know the listeners are like right now, they're like, hey, Ben, you mention lookalikes all the time on the show. That's true. That's right. But if I was Harry Styles, I'd be calling up WTAJ right now and be like, yeah, I can't endorse this lookalike. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, right. this doesn't happen. I'm sorry. No, no. Anyways, DeMarcus, I just thought you should know that. Listeners, you can check it out. You can judge for yourself. Is he Harry Styles or not? Check it out. Um, Okay, this is the lowest on the list as far as... um, As far as uh, birthday suits, DeMarcus. Right. Now, this one, though, I'm pretty confident because you're a bit of a stock man. And uh, Mm -hmm. this is a stock man here. So... Okay. Born on February 10, 1955 in Windmore, Pennsylvania. Our birthday suit wearer was very good academically. He started studying stocks when he was in elementary school. And he continued through high school. He went to college at a uh, school you may have heard of uh, called Harvard. And he uh, graduated magna cum laude. Jeez. Yeah. And while he was there, he was president and editor-in-chief of the Harvard uh, the Harvard Crimson newspaper. Wow. 
his first job when he left college was a reporter in Tallahassee as an entry-level reporter at the Tallahassee Democratic newspaper or Democrat newspaper, which you gotta wonder, really? That's the best you could land <laughs> coming out right. of Harvard with a, a GPA like that and yeah. being the president and editor in chief of the newspaper. And the best <laughs> you got was a Tallahassee entry level reporter job. Like, <laughs> right. I'm just saying, no offense to the Tallahassee Democrat, but come on. Girl, come on. I mean, yeah. like, did they look at that when they got that that resume <laughs> and were like, really? Dude's applying here? All right. I guess. Anyways, <laughs> in the early 80s, he decided to go back to Harvard. He got a law degree from Harvard. In 1984, he became a stockbroker at Goldman Sachs. But he left Goldman Sachs and started a hedge fund in 1987. In 2002, he started a show on CNBC with another investor, Larry Kudlow. Then in 2005, he started a new show called Mad Money. Name oh, that birthday suit wear. That's uh, Jimmy. Uh, yep. Uh, Jim, Jim. Yeah, Jim Kramer. There it is, Jim yeah. Kramer. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Okay. Nice. Nice, mad money. He is a bit crazy, you know. <laughs> a little, little insane, you know. He got yeah, he got roasted. He got roasted by John Stewart too on the Daily Show. That was pretty funny. That was way back in the day, uh, you know. After the uh, the Great Recession, uh, mm. you know, uh, Jim was in the crosshairs there for basically putting a lot of people's money at risk and not no, not telling people and sounding the alarms that, hey, we're about to crash into this giant iceberg, folks. <laughs> um, and uh, John John let him have it. It was, uh, you know what? But a little bit of props to him because Jim just took it. He was like, yeah, yeah it was my fault. Yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that, you know? Yeah. Nonetheless, it is his birthday. He's turning the big 65 65. Nice. Yeah. Time for him to retire. 66. I'm sorry. 66. 66. I keep forgetting mm. it's 2021 whenever I look at those and I add up the number <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, add another one. Whoops. Blam. Yeah. 61, man. Or 66. That's pretty. He's getting up there. It's time for him to yeah, retire. He's getting up there. He's definitely yeah. got enough money to do it. Uh, anyways, happy birthday, Jim. We are going to take a break. We are going to be right back to Marcus with none other than Ryan and Andy from Catastro right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by half of the fantastic group that is Catastro, Mr. Andy Chavez and Ryan Weddle. Fellas, how's it going? Yo, yo. Good, man. How are you doing? 
Doing good. Doing good. So, Catastro, you guys have been a band for 14 years. Crazy to say that. 14 years. Yeah. Oh, my God. 14 years? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think. I, I, it's like once we hit the 10-year mark, I think it's just always been 10 years in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's still 10. <laughs> it's 10. Uh, it's, sort of, it's sort of like when you turn 21 and you just keep on saying you're 21 after that. And you're like, yeah, it's around there. Somewhere around there. That sounds good. I yeah. swear to God, I went to the store the other day and I bought some uh, cigarettes or something. I forgot what I bought. And the guy, instead of asking my ID, he's like, what, how old are you? And I just said 21. I'm what? 30. I've been 30 for a long time. And I just said 21. And I blurted it out. And he looked at me. He's like, all right, I'm going to need to see ID because it just sounded so <laughs> fake. Uh, that's yeah that's i've never done i've actually got to the point where they just stop asking me which is really depressing i'm like you get you don't want to know if i'm over 21 they're like no we can tell you're old i'm like oh man it it is weirder like even only being 30 if you're driving around like the bar areas and you see what 21 year olds look like now and you're like oh my god i can't believe you're like just kids yeah yeah, it's they look, they look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going into dazed and confused territory. I keep getting older, and they stay the same age. Yes, they do. <laughs> what? Well, you guys. I mean, for you know, for those fourteen years, you've been you've been at least several months out of the year touring. So I'm guessing, like most bands, this last year has been the longest you've gone without true live shows. Definitely. Probably at least for the last, what, six, seven years? Maybe yeah, man, we've been, in the last week, three years, I think we were close to at least like seven months out of the year we were on tour. Yeah. And so when that hit and like, we were two days into a tour when like Seattle shut down. I think they were the first area. Yeah. We were supposed to play there two weeks later and literally within 48 hours or within 24 hours of like finding out about that, our entire tour had been canceled by all the venues. Jeez. So it was just kind of like chaos. Like we went home and we're like, oh man, this is crazy. Like this tour canceled will probably be like this for like a few months, you know? Yeah. Like that was like the worst case in our heads. And uh, now it's been over a year <laughs> yeah. since then. It's just like, it's wild. But, you know, you have to like learn to adapt to whatever is going on. So we're, we're doing our best. For sure. For sure. Well, now on the topic of the pandemic, Andy, you you tangoed with the virus. Jeez. Uh, that that was pretty much that was pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic. And you thought you basically infected the the whole band, but it was just Stravers that you ended I, up infecting. Well, we had a video shoot mm-hmm. and no one, no one we knew had gotten it yet. I, mean, I had a few buddies in Houston who had gotten it, but mm-hmm. it, it, things were kind of wide, wide open over there. Mm-hmm. So Arizona was full, like people. It was like the place to be Arizona because you have you know people from Vegas come, people from all over were coming because Arizona was just wide open. Yeah. So um, we had the video shoot, and then everything was good. The next day, I recorded. Uh, me and Stravers recorded something. So the whole band wasn't there, just me and the drummer, mm-hmm. and. Um, I was coughing like pretty bad and he was looking at me kind of weird. I was looking at him kind of weird. Yeah, no, no, it's good. Don't worry. (laughs) He knows, he knows I had been kind of, you know, the only one that was kind of out doing stuff. So I was just like, Oh yeah. Like I I smoked a blunt to myself last night. Like my throat hurts. Yeah. And just to not freak him out. And then, yeah, my, I started, I woke up and I felt just like terrible, terrible for, Mm. for two days. 
And it was actually my buddy's girlfriend was having a party from so anyways I had to go get Chazza because they didn't want me around. Then I had it and then obviously let everyone know and then I had to wait like that because it was I I think it was hard to get tests back then, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, man. Yeah. It was like it was the weekend where Arizona was like the number one place in the world or whatever it was. Mm. Something ridiculous like that. So basically I had to wait one by one to see if I infected everyone. So it was a long week for me because I was like, oh my God, if I just gave every like, COVID, because there was, you know, there was the whole band and there was our manager and there was his life there. Then there was obviously the guy filming. And then, so I, it, it was just such a long week of me like waiting for everyone to text back. Oh no, I'm good. No, I'm good. Dude, it's, everyone, it's so weird because I was at your house or I was at the video shoot, obviously. And then like, I was sharing drinks with Andy, like oh. an idiot, like sharing drinks during a pandemic. And then the next day, before Andy went over there, I had recorded a podcast with Travis because me and him have a podcast called The Camp Podcast mm-hmm. together. And I was using the same mic that Andy had used. And I was just like, I somehow escaped it. And then like later on, we went and started recording and stuff again for some new music here. And yeah. I came home and my wife had it. Uh. And so she was like in bed coughing sick and I still escaped it. Wow. I got lucky. Yeah, basically, I only everyone was like, I don't have it, I don't know how to have it. And Stravers was like, I get my results, and I was like, I, I know for a fact he's gonna have it. So, <laughs> <laughs> I just knew he was gonna have it. So, but he, he, I think he was sick for like two or three days, and then, and then we were all good. Yeah, at least you guys so, came out pretty good. I mean, as far as you know. Yeah, we came out- we we had a couple of uh we had a couple artists I remember especially there was a band King Falcon that was from uh New York and their drummer got it and man did he have a bad case of it he was you know he was sick for weeks and he couldn't taste and and smell still it was crazy so you know 2 3 days that's good so wild how weird how it differently affects everybody what's it like out in Florida since it's pretty open there Oh, it's very is open it here. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it, it so varies. Is it like, are you noticing it's like everybody has it now, or is it kind of like. Honestly, like, it's. It seems it, like the shutdown didn't seem to work too well in California, is what I was thinking. And you guys are wide open, and I just wonder what it's like. Yeah. Well, you know, there are around me, there are a lot of young individuals. You know, there are a lot of people that are in their 20s and their 30s, and they don't seem to care that much. And they, yeah, most of them have had it at some point in time. And, you know, it doesn't really affect them. I mean, you know, it, it, it's been very mild for most of those people, but, you know, Obviously, the issue is when it gets to somebody that's much older, it's going to be a much bigger impact. And so, yeah, there's, I mean, you know, I I don't know the total number of cases in Florida, but I think we're third in the nation or fourth as far as states go. We're pretty, pretty high up there. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I think we're, we're pretty close to you guys. So, yeah, yeah, I think it goes California. Uh, New York, Illinois, us, and then Arizona. I think. I think. I'm not sure. And don't, don't quote me on it. But Ryan, you you mentioned uh, you mentioned the camp podcast, and um, I'm what we would describe on our show a semi regular listener to the the camp podcast. So true. Um, now, oh, really? Nice. Now, something that's easily identifiable when you catch an episode or two is that you. Are a bit of hive, uh, hypochondriac like myself. Yes! So when you found out 
that Andy had COVID, were you were you losing your mind a little bit? Well, at the time, I was kind of like not necessarily afraid for myself to get it, but like to pass it on to family, like you said. Yeah, I have a lot of family that it's like you know high risk, and when it first hit, like we were hearing a lot about it, and we knew like people in Arizona were starting to get it, but I didn't really know anybody that had it. So once you had it, I was like, oh. You know, like I knew I was drinking out of that glass. I knew yeah. I was at Travers house the next day. And so it was like, I mean, even early in our podcast when we were doing it, I was like one of the first episodes, I was like, yo, have you heard about this coronavirus thing going on in China? Yeah. I was like, dude, if that gets out, like that's crazy. And like, we were just laughing about it because we had both read uh, some book that was just like super sensationalized about Ebola. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were like joke making jokes and stuff. And then here we are, you know, a year later, it's still everything's different. Yeah. Well, that was actually the same thing that I did in February. Uh, we were interviewing Andy Frasco and me and Andy were talking and I was like, how scared are you of this coronavirus at this time? Because this is the very beginning of February. And he's like, eight out of 10. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm there too. And then, you know, I went back and looked at it like five months later and was like, yeah, I might put it higher than eight out of 10 now. <laughs> might put it a little bit yeah. worse than that now. Uh, well, one other thing before I get to the music side of things, I heard on the last episode of the Camp Podcast that you said you were sort of starting a health kick, Ryan. Wait, what? For like a full month. Now, have you initiated this health kick? Are you in? Your full-on health kick right now? So I have been... What day is it? Yeah, I, I stopped. I just wanted to do a full month, uh, no drinking and no like bad food. So I'm nine days in. Nice. Now and it's been causing a... Like it's weird because it's like... It's kind of like with, for me, like the not drinking thing is a lot like the diet kind of thing where it's like you say, I'm not going to eat this, this, and this. And then two days later, you're like... Oh, like I, I would kill for like a sandwich or something, even though you go months without having a sandwich at yeah. time, you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of how it's been where it's like, it's been nine days and like I went and hung out with a bunch of friends and they were all drinking and I was like sitting there, I chugged like two gallons of seltzer water and I was like, this is miserable. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be myself because mm. it's just my whole life. I've always done it, you know? Mm. So yeah, it's, it's been uh, interesting. No Super Bowl beers. No, I stayed home because I had gone out the night before and I was so like bored and like in my own head where it became like this mental thing where I was constantly thinking like, like, you know, when you get high and you think like everybody's thinking a certain way or you're mm-hmm. just overanalyzing every aspect and everything somebody says. Yeah. That's how I was feeling. I was like getting anxiety and at this table, like, am I not talking enough? Like, would I normally be saying more? Would I normally like, am I not being normal? They're thinking so I'm a weirdo right so. now. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. What? Yeah. Get- I just felt so out of place, which is bad, which is like makes you realize like that's the reason you're doing it in the first place, you know? Yeah. Nine. You're almost a third deep now. You're almost, you know, you've, you've made it. You've made it nine days pretty far. Uh, yeah. Andy, any health kicks of your own? Have you have you hit any health kicks over the pandemic? Uh, yeah, I'm reaching uh, 12 hours right now. Uh, no drinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's commendable. Really Andy, I wanted to bring it up, but I didn't know if you wanted to be public. About yeah. It, so I'm so proud. I've been getting back into the gym. So yeah, actually I've been on a, I've, I've been, I've been getting in for like the last six months. I, took, I used to go to the gym fairly a lot, but when I think the, honestly, like the, the, the years, 
the year we did our racing, which was last year, and then the last like three years, we were pretty heavily on touring, so it's kind of hard to get. It's harder to get in, you know, a flow of working out. Yeah. Especially because I feel like I'm so kind of the one. I mean, Ryan will drink too on tour, but like mainly me kind of going out there and having a having a good time after the show. So it's less likely for me to want to go do any sort of working out after you have a night out on tour. So yeah. it's definitely harder. No, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's always me and Andy like going the hardest every night <laughs> on tour. That was like even like what's because that tour that we did with Iration was like two months. And, like, by the time I got home, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I've drank heavy every night for two months. And, like, I, like, saw pictures. And we, you have a photographer with you. You just see your progression of, like, <laughs> what you look like two months afterwards. It's so bad. That's when I was like, oh, man. But then we hit, you know, pandemic. And it's just been, like, it's so weird. Like, some people want to go super strict and, like, get their stuff together. Yeah. And health. And other people, it's, like, it's kind of consuming them. And they go the opposite. So. Yeah. The aeration dudes every night would text me, tonight's crime. Go find Go find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Every night is crime on this tour. It's hard, hard, hard to turn down, man. It's hard to turn down. It is. I did see on one of the last tours, though, I think it was when you guys were in Florida at, at the end of 2019, uh, you initiated, at least for the cameras, a rule of 20 squats in the gas station. I, di- I dug it. It was nice. That was... <laughs> oh, man. I forgot about that. That was good. I'm being honest, I think that was literally the only time I did that. Oh. Maybe one other time. Oh. <laughs> no, you did it yeah. for like a day, though, and we would be in the middle of nowhere, and these like actual crackheads would just be like, what? <laughs> but we stick out pretty hard everywhere we go. We just like don't look like yeah. we belong in that city, especially when we're driving through like middle america through like some parts of florida and stuff like if we walk into a gas station like everybody like looks at us like what's going on <laughs> and uh andy would just sit there and while we're all trying to get like you know snacks or whatever and he's just doing squats in the middle of the gas fitness station. doesn't stop man fitness doesn't stop well <laughs> if if you guys yeah, like, need a personal trainer though if you need one for the next tour after covid let me know I'm certified. Yes. I'll jump in there. I'll be I'll be on tour with you. I'll cheap rates. Free almost almost free rates if you want. Just let me know. Oh, yeah. Every every drink we have it's one squat. So <laughs> tell you get your 20 squats a day in. That's it. That's it. Um well, let's 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 go into let's go into the music. Like I said, four, 14 years, man, and uh it's uh, it that, that's that's wild. I mean, it's almost half of your half of your life has been in Catastro. I'm guessing like feeling the feeling of being in the band now is different than the feeling you had in 2008. Oh yeah, how how, how is it how has it changed? Like how how is the approach different? It's I mean, it just goes through so many different phases of how it feels because like when we first started we were just a bunch of kids who had a ton of friends who liked to party really hard and they would come to all of our shows so like back then when we started it it was like we would you know just it was just all about partying and hanging out with our friends and stuff and so like for years it was just like for fun it was this thing and we started getting a little older and we realized like do we if we really want this to work like we kind of got to focus and we got to get our music down and we can't play these shows sloppy and stuff anymore. Yeah. And then so like that focus shifts and now that we're all 30, it's like, 
we're we're in it we're in the scene we're we're doing a lot and it's more immediate where we're like we need this to work now and like we're gonna do everything that we possibly can nice. to make sure if it doesn't work it's not our fault you know yeah well ryan you technically came in like basically a year after the sort of formation uh but you'd known andy yeah. for for a long time uh did you actually yeah. like try out on bass did you have to like try out for the group? Was you know was Andy and, and Tanner and Stravers sitting there just staring at you? Yeah, it was. Uh, so me and Andy like we grew up in this really weird Christian church. Like both, like my parents met at that church, and I was like what they call like born into it. Uh -huh. So like literally since I was born, I went there. Um, Andy's dad filmed my parents' wedding. Like they've known each other for a really long time, mm. and so. Yeah, we were like we were forced to hang out. Like we didn't want to hang out with each other because Andy was an insane kid, and it was like you know when your parents make you go like spend the night at somebody's house, and you're like I have to go spend the night at that person's house. Oh, I have yeah. to go hang out with them. And so like we both ended up splitting ways. Like I just stopped like going to church when I was twelve. Mm -hmm. I was just decided like I can't do this. And then Andy and your family, I think, went and did something else too. And. uh like 10 years later or something, a mutual friend from that church who was like a like family friend, you know, mm -hmm. he hit me up and he said, hey, their bassist and their guitarist left. Why don't you go try out and like play bass and just see how it is? Mm. And he told me, he's like, they sound like Nabiscuit. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know? Like I'm not trying to join a band that sounds like Limbiscuit. Yeah. And uh, I remember going there and like, it was so weird because I hadn't seen him and like, I was like smoking cigarettes and I thought it was all cool. And like, <laughs> we, we like didn't know if we could swear around each other. Like, Andy, <laughs> didn't you say you like asked, you told the guys that? Yeah. Cause I mean, we hadn't seen each other since church. So I was like, yo, like don't cuss or like talk about weed or like anything. And then <laughs> I saw him smoking cigarettes. I was like, he's smoking a cigarette on the back. Like maybe he got normal after church. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be weird if there were actually those rules, like if, if Ryan hadn't changed and you guys just, for the rest of the time that he's in the band, you're like, oh, Ryan's coming. Everybody stop cursing. Put away, put away the drinks. Hey, how's it going, Ryan? Everything's cool here. I walk out the door, they swam, and they all just start yelling, the customers get them out. <laughs> we had never like really played with, a, like the guy who was playing bass with us, kind of, his, he, he, was a, he was a guitar player, so he was just kind of playing the bass, but you know, because mm -hmm. we just need a vapor. So we had never really played bass with anyone who that was their instrument. And and when Ryan came in, he was just started shredding like some jazz. You just came in and just started shredding. So I remember exactly. <laughs> we all looked around like, oh my god, like we've never played with who knows how to play really, really good. Yeah. So it wasn't really like a tryout. It was more like, okay, we'll do one of these bands. And then, yeah, a tryout yeah. of one. Yeah, that's pretty much how I remember it. Yeah, I still remember the the riff that I was, we were like jamming on that day. It's so funny. I don't know why it just probably stuck in my head because it was like the first thing we ever did. But it's yeah. definitely not that good. <laughs> but it was good enough, you know. But yeah. I do remember we were all super super stoned and we're like, oh my god, we were like, <laughs> oh. We were like, hopefully he says yes, because I don't think we're going to find anyone better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then once we started hanging out, and I was like, oh, they don't sound like Limp Bizkit. Like, maybe I could do this. 
And you were like, oh, you know what? He's he, he's not a weird kid anymore. This Andy guy's normal now. All right. Good. Nice. Well, <laughs> I think we talked, honestly, I think we talked about like tripping on shrooms or something or tripping on something. And then I walked in the room again. And I was like, dude, he, he's, he's normal. He's <laughs> <shrooms> before. <laughs> like we can, anything goes now. Whenever I heard stuff about like the band sure. starting, it, it seems like Andy, you were you were the driving force of just sort of creating it to begin with. When well, when did yeah? Because I I was rapping. I had I was actually like kicked out of every single class I went to back in middle school and high school. So I ended up going into like a like a resource classroom where basically it was for all the kids who were who couldn't function in a normal classroom. So yeah. they were giving me this work and I'd it in like an hour. So I, that's when I started kind of messing around with the rapping. I was like, I have five hours to sit here. So I just started writing raps, just mm. funny raps about the class I was in and just, just funny, stupid raps. And then I, I ended up, you know, kind of saying, kind of thinking I could actually rap. So yeah. I put out like a, a EP and then, um, our, uh, our our uh, Pat Kurtz he used to be our manager. He's in this thing called the Main, and his band was kind of taken off. And he, that was when I, rem- I remember that was when Gym Class Heroes were taken off. Mm. And he's like, "Hey, have you ever thought about like you should maybe start a band? Because like you know, you're like a, a white kid from Chandler. Like it might be hard to make it as a rapper." So I was like, "All right." So I literally called Painter. It was the first person I called, and then Stravers. I, mm-hmm. It's funny because me and Stravers really didn't get along. Um, really didn't get along and so he, he was like the skater kid i was like the, the annoying like preppy kid who think who thought he could rap so i called him and he was like you seriously want to be in a band with you i was like yeah and so that's literally how it started it's kind of our old manager's idea like hey start a band and you might actually be able to do this because that was more you know the gym class heroes and stuff like that was was popular then so it's, it kind of started it started as organically if you want to say that as it could yeah I literally called anybody yeah it's kind of crazy because like every member in the band is just literally the first person that you could think of to play that instrument <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's, you know what i mean like the guitar is like tanner you're just like well he plays guitar he's the only person i know that plays guitar so he's gonna be in it and then you called Travis and you guys weren't even friends and you're like but he has a drum set so i guess he'll be in it and hey, then like yeah. i made my way into it later it's wild yeah first choices you can look at it you had top choice that was the first person in the Only band. Uh, <laughs> and did you did you see yourself like when you decided to do that, Andy? Did you see it as like gym class heroes? Is that what you were thinking in your head once once he said that? Once he brought it up? I mean, yeah. I mean, I thought we at first kind of we were kind of making music that sounded somewhere along in that lane, like kind of like we made the song called "Wrong Moves, Right Things." What, what what else did we make? Like there were songs that were like sounded. We used that. That used to be the comparison. Like, oh, you guys sound just like gym class here. Yeah. And then, yeah, kind of. But that was never like a group that we were really bumping. No. You know, like no. none of us were really listening to them. We were kind of doing our own thing, and we just kept hearing that back. So we yeah. just kind of were like accepting it. You know, if somebody was like, "Oh, you guys sound like this," and we we're like, "Yeah, we sound like that," because like they were doing really good things, and like yeah, to us we were doing our own thing. But it all of it really did. Like now listening back to it, like it does sound like them even though they weren't like a direct influence on us musically. Yeah. Well, yeah. And before Spotify and everything, and it was just my space back then. So like I did think about it. I was like, yeah, the chances of like a white rapper, whatever you want to call it. Like there were, there weren't many, you know, it yeah. was like Eminem and like maybe just Eminem. Like, yeah, it's not even a, now it's not even a thing. Like a, a rapper is just a rapper. Yeah. So 
yeah, I was like, man, a band could go, you know, a band could go further than me yeah. talking about what I'm doing in my classroom. <laughs> but it, it's it's funny because you know I feel I feel like everybody associates you with reggae. I I mean, and because you do so many reggae shows, like like Cali Roots. Did that just start because you guys were opening for Dirty Heads when they came to Arizona, and it just sort of got you in that lane with those those fans? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, like our first like shows that really started taking, like where we started seeing repeat people coming back was opening up for Dirty Heads in Phoenix. Like they would bring, you know, a hundred people. You know, like when it was before they were like blew up at all. Yeah. And we would bring like a hundred of our friends, you know, because they were down to come every single time. Yeah. And over time that wears off and your friends aren't willing to come and pay you <laughs> money every single week yeah. to see you play, you know? So like you start seeing the real fans like stick around and like we gained all of our fans off of Dirty Heads and whoever was opening up with them. And then like just our, our long-term manager now, Gonzo, like, he was a promoter and he promoted a lot of those reggae shows and like kind of like the some sort of hip hop, but like the edger, like some like Cottonmouth Kings, like that kind of people too. Yeah. And he would just like throw us on, on random shows back then. Like we ended up playing like Method Man, Red Man and just like random weird stuff. But like the people that always connected with it were the reggae fans. So now it's like, we're always saying like, you guys are my favorite reggae band, but I, yeah. we've never really made like straight <laughs> reggae music, you know? Does does it ever? But we get... love it because like that's the scene to be in, you know. We love we love the fans and we love the shows. Nice. Yeah, I was about to ask. Like, does it ever get like annoying when somebody says like reggae and you're like, well, that's not what we do. Not really. It's like I just, I just run with it. I never say, well, we're not reggae. I'm just like, oh, if that's what you think, <laughs> if you like it, then that's okay with me. Well, I mean, we just we do fit in that vibe more than like we would fit as just a straight alternative rock band or. And, like, we mix a lot of genres. Like, we have a lot of blues. We have a lot of other, like, elements and, like, funk and stuff like that in there. Yeah. And it's just, like, the stuff that we've been, been able to experience because of the reggae scene. Like, we've played Red Rock twice now. Yeah. Um, we've played, like, Pier 17 in New York City, like, on top of a high-rise building there. And, like, just, like, we've been able to experience all this stuff all because of, you know, reggae bands and our relationships with them and the fans. And so it's, like, when somebody's, like, you guys are... Like, we totally embrace that, you know? Yeah. That's, like, just, like, where we do fit in most there. Like, we are an outsider in that scene, 100%, but, like, it's still, like, our scene. But it seems like a very inclusive scene, regardless. I mean, they're, um, you know, we had uh, Steel Pulse on the, uh, on the, on the show and those guys you know they talked about the decades of being in that scene and basically just how inclusive it is and uh once you're part it seems like people want you to to stay there and i gotta say every every band that i've had that's been actually you know part of that scene super nice yes! i mean like the common kings those guys are awesome i love the common kings uh we love that. Oh, yeah, those it, are the homies. Yeah, they're so they're so fun. But uh, you did do sort of a, a you know ska song, sort of in that reggae vein. Uh, over the the summer, you released Scarlet Begonias there, and I love it because you guys like hit some of the points of the Grateful Dead version, but then there's some of the Sublime version in there, and then there's just Catastro. It's so 
well blended that it's not either one of those. It's not like you trying to be either one. You did an amazing job on it. What what made you want to cover that song? We actually were hit uh, by yeah. a record, right? Yeah, it's, right. I was trying to think of like how much we want to say about it because it is kind of like a touchy subject or something. But yeah, we were hit up by, by Law Records mm. um, yeah. to do yeah. that compilation for Bradley Tauskas. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and then we, um, I, I don't know what happened to the compilation. It just was like kind of put on hold for a while, for a while I guess. So we just kind of released it by ourselves. So it was actually... It was actually that's that's how it came up. They were they were they were putting out that compilation, and then we had like four or five picks left. I think everyone had taken the real popular songs, and then mm -hmm. we kind of because the the, the 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 rap part in that was kind of like oh sweet yeah we'll do that one yeah it, it turned out it, good and it, it kind of set the tone for the the next writing session because we were we had never done anything kind of reggae sounding. We're like damn this actually sounds pretty good. So um, the new the new album kind of had a lot of that feel in there. So nice. Nice. Yeah, we really like once it was more difficult because like when I was listening to it, I was like, how can we flip this and be respectful to Grateful Dead still? But it's like you're covering a cover of somebody's cover, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's weird and like you want to pay all respects. And I was like, we really need to bring in that jam band feel back to it. So mm -hmm. it's like we have our style where we're bringing in more hip hop and more like uh, production kind of stuff and then have the sublime stuff and then have like psychedelic guitar solos over the top and yeah. different stuff. So it was like, we, we listened to both versions a lot. Mm -hmm. And like, once it all came together, it was kind of an eye opener. And we're like, wow, maybe like if we, like when we start writing new music, like, like you said, like we're, we always have been in the scene and we've kind of always never like really dipped too hard into it. Like maybe, this is an avenue for us. So that nice. one, we're, we're all really stoked on how it turned out. And yeah. it definitely paved the way for the new stuff. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say I, I like it better than Grateful Dead's and uh, Sublime's. Yes! Like it just, it to me, like you said, you blended it all and then added something new to it. So you progressed it down the line. Now, uh, Washed, your album Washed, that seemed like to me a huge sort of, sort of turning point in your career it seems like there was like some rough stuff going on before you guys really dived into that record especially for you andy uh would you yeah. would you say like you guys were close to maybe ending the group at that point in time did it ever get that bad or was it was it just like you no know, we got to figure out what we want to do i i thought like there was 100 percent of time where we were like before oh, we went uh, in there, we were like, I don't see this going any longer. Yeah. You know, like we were in a spot where we were kind of weren't getting any big tours, and a lot of the tours we were. That's when we started kind of headlining, I think, right on those those random yeah. headlining tours, and the shows were small, and I was boozing and on pills heavy, so I just wasn't. It did felt like the band was falling apart, like mm -hmm. kind of. And it, we did have a conversation, like over text, like, hey, like you need to let us know if you like even want to do this anymore mm -hmm. because we you know we can't rely on a singer who's falling over on the stage and can't show practice can't show the studio yeah and so i was like let's just let's go to the woods the middle of the woods let's uh our producer matt had a house down in this place called heber so we kind of just were like let's just go make some music see what happens and i remember the first night we sat by the fire they're like what have you been up to because it was like really after any tours we'd come home nobody would really see each other so i was like oh i like 
I was just telling them all these stories about the girls I was dating and mm-hmm. just all these all these crazy stories. They're like, "What? Like, why? Why don't you ever sing about this stuff?" I'm like, "I don't know. Like, I, I just, you know, I feel like when when you're writing for the band, you speak for everyone. So I was yeah. like, coming here and write about how sad I am, <laughs> you know. But they're like, you need to write write about these stories. Like, these are some crazy stories. So after that album, uh, we rewrote that album. Um, washed during mm-hmm. that um, at the cabin there everyone kind of felt like every, you just kind of felt it like like we all left and we were all like damn this is like the best thing we've ever done and it was and it's, and I remember Stratford said even uh, I think Brian texted me too he's like that's the happiest I've ever seen you with like something we've ever done and nice. we've been a band for at, at that point like what eight years whatever um, so yeah that definitely was the turning point where we kind of and and just the sound change we started using um like more electronic yeah. electronic ums and it's just it it kind of we found our sound that that trip i feel like and found like oh cool like this works like telling these stories people want to hear like you know yeah. people want to hear no they don't know like the exact names or what i'm talking about it's interesting to the fans you know when they when, when they can hear you know, yeah story so that that definitely was the turning point i feel like where we where we knew where we wanted to take it and kind of the, the sound and the direction we wanted to go in yeah, with that like you know all of a sudden these lyrics that were really you even though like you said there's you know a bit of a bit of a code to it were you nervous putting <laughs> that out there um i don't remember being nervous no but i do i do actually i, I remember being kind of nervous because i didn't know you know, no one knew kind of what was going to happen. Like if we, yeah. if we could have wrote something, I wrote an album there and we didn't really like, who knows? We could have stayed the same, like kind of like, Oh, we're not going to really talk much until a show comes up or the next time we have to practice or something. But that is kind of when we started that year, we made more music than we ever had. Nice. We, we made a, a another mixtape after that. We were pumping out singles and it like going to the studio became fun again for everyone. At first it was just kind of like, for for a couple of years, I felt like we were just, you know, uh, this is all we have to do. So we're just going to, I mean, we were still playing a lot of big shows and still, you know, I'm not saying the music we were making like we hated, but yeah. like, things definitely turned for the better after that, after yeah. that album, yeah. after that trip. So. Well, aside from the lyrics, like you said, there was that change in music and you started putting uh, beats in there. You, you started replacing some of the live drums with uh, the the beats that that Stravers was making, and Ryan, you started adding mm-hmm. sense. Uh, yeah. What what gave you the motivation to add those those uh, to the songs? Was that a group decision, or was that you, Ryan, that said, "Let's put these in there"? Um, I can't really remember because, like, I started out as like a very like trained bass bassist, you know. Yeah. So like, ma- bass guitar was like my focus forever and that's all i wanted to do i just wanted to play i wanted to be the best you know yeah and um the more that we were playing in the band like the more i realized i had to tone down and like i was doing way too much and like i would always try to like add these like like we went through a bunch of weird phases we have a couple albums or eps that i think all of us agree like those are not really our sound or our style like we were just still trying to find ourselves you know yeah and um when we went in there and we started doing that I didn't even own a synth or anything. I don't know how to play the piano at all, yeah. but like I have a good ear and I know like the, I know music theory and stuff like that. So like I could figure it out mm-hmm. and a guy in a band that I'm friends with from here had left a 
like a cord like minilogue some it's like a cheaper synth but they're pretty good he left it at the studio yeah and um i just started laying it down on one song and it was like oh like this just like changed it all yeah and so like after that was finished i was talking to a friend and i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do live because like i don't know how to play the piano i don't own like a synth and like the ones i want are all you know a thousand dollars plus like i don't i just don't know what i'm doing like do i buy one of those for just like three songs or whatever yeah and he pretty much like gave me one for like a couple hundred bucks he gave me like the nice model and that just like set me off on this whole new world with like sound design and learning how yeah. to play and like that's been like the huge focus of mine now too nice. is incorporating that nice well i mean that does it adds so many layers to the songs but like were you worried when you actually started playing these live like oh crap now i gotta emulate this live i gotta do this with the bass yeah and so like that was the thing like i would be playing difficult lines on like the bass guitar or whatever like more complicated i guess mm -hmm. and then i would have to switch to the synth bass for just one part of it and i'd be playing three notes on the on the synth bass and i'd be so nervous i'd be like staring at it like, if you mess up on that like it shakes your whole body you know what I mean? yeah like, everybody feels it so if you hit a wrong note everybody's feeling that wrong note too mm. and i was just like i was playing three notes i was just staring at it like i wouldn't move i would do this i go back to bass and run around and do whatever um but now it's become just like a second uh, thing that i do it's like i focus equally on yeah on both of them it's just like i, I love playing both nice now, just this past year, you guys did a little bit more uh, sort of genre crossing. You you did a, a song with Bear Grylls there. Very super EDM feel. Uh, did that give you any ideas for the, the mixtape you just released? Um, not really, because we kind of went in a different direction for the for the mixtape we just released. We, we didn't know kind of what, what it was going to be because you kind of don't know until you just get in there and you know start making noise but Stravers had actually pulled up uh, a beat I mm -hmm. think is wh where we went wrong first thing was the first song we kind of um, started um, working on After Cell 2 and then we always had the idea of, of trying to get um, artists that we like that are from here you know so we can actually have them in the studio yeah. a lot easier to work with someone in the studio than when you're passing stuff back and forth mm -hmm. emails whatever but um so yeah, we kind of knew we kind of knew we wanted to take that one in a, in a way more hip hop, and we're, we're all super into hip hop, so it was kind of nice, you know, to get in there with no pressure because nobody knew it was coming out, and then we had um, a bunch of our homies on there. So yeah. I wouldn't say that track really influenced the sound of that, but um, how did that track come about? Did I think Bear Grylls hit us up, right, Ryan? Or you hit up? Yeah, Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls emailed us and was just like, "Yo, I've I've been listening to you guys for a while. Like, I really like it. I'm working on." an ep where i have a bunch of other features and like we get hit up by people doing that kind of stuff a lot you know and we're just kind of like you never know if it's going to be legit and yeah i'm i'm not like none of us are in that scene so we didn't really know and we looked him up and he's on like dim mac uh you know steve aoki's label and yeah. he has all these like more followers than us by a lot and we were like oh man this guy's like really good and then he sent us two ideas he's like i'm working on stuff like this but i want to do something completely different for you guys and i heard one of them and i didn't even show the other one to andy i just sent him the one of like we have to do this and like we he andy sent me back he's like yeah i picture like you know dark rap over the beginning i was like exactly and we were like it just immediately started flowing really well nice nice i was surprised because you sent me 
I remember I texted back and I was like, because I knew a lot of other, he was having a lot of other people um, a part of the project. And I was like, no one took that beat because I was just listening to the beat. Oh, and I was like, this this beat feels huge with no with no vocals over it. Yeah. Like, this is, I was like, we're going to text him right now and make sure we get that one. Nice. And then we um we knew we needed like a, a huge chorus for that because those, those EDM songs, like, they just need those gigantic choruses in it. Yeah. And um, we had uh, hit our boy up Colton Avery. He um, he's done. We've written with him. He has a. He, we wrote with him a little bit on this um, this album we just finished, and he had a song. Uh, we did stars, which was on Tropical Heartbreak. But we called him, and he had a little melody idea. And then um, once we had the melody, yeah, nice. It was kind of easy. To oh, yeah, and this was all over Skype, like during the pandemic, you know. Yeah. And like when we went into, like that happened, and we had just finished you know, probably like two months of writing and recording for an album, like a full length album. Mm -hmm. We hit that. And then immediately, like one week later, we were in the studio every day for not for sale. Yeah. Two. And it's like, we ended up taking over a local recording studio out here that wasn't really having any clients come in or anything. And we just like offered them a flat rate. And we're just like, we want it 24 hours a day for as long as we feel like it. And he's (laughs) like, cool. So now we have our own recording studio in uh, in Phoenix here. And it's just been like huge because we're able to just, you know, multiple times a week, we just call each other up. We go down there and that's when we'll shoot like promos for Instagram or we'll record songs and stuff like that. So yeah. it's just been, it's been like, we've been using this uh, pandemic and the shutdown and no shows and stuff to really like progress as a band i think and like we're really kind of taking control of it yeah and uh realizing you know shows you know shows are generally like 80 percent of our income and so it's like what can we do now and then now that we have this all taken care of once shows come back we're going to be in a great position you know for sure for sure well now it was not for sale to uh the first sort of project you guys did having that studio having sort of your own studio to work with yeah i think that was the first one that we produced ourselves there um we finished up like i want to say three songs off the new album at the studio mm-hmm. but um as far as ones that we all wrote uh like recorded wrote produced one entirely ourselves um that's the first one for sure nice do, do you think it's changed sort of how you approach things since you had that sort of ability to go in there anytime you wanted Definitely. I mean, like, money's always, yeah. When you think about, like, going into the studio, you think about money and, like, we're going to have to pay this much for an hour to be here and, like, is everybody's schedule going to work on this day or that day? Mm-hmm. Now it's like, like, Andy, like we, what you're saying, it's like there's no pressure. It's just like, if, can you guys make Tuesday night available? We go in on Tuesday night and then we work super fast. Like, we wrote, you know, like, Wash, we wrote that whole album in seven days. So it's like, we generally like just knock out music super fast and having this place has been like insanely helpful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, did you have, did you have an idea overall when you went in with not for sale to sort of how you wanted to approach it? Was there, you know, an overall concept that you wanted to do differently that you'd done on, you know, on your past projects? Uh, I think we just we 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 definitely knew we wanted to have almost a feature on every song. I think there's a feature in every song, but maybe two of them. Mm-hmm. But um, we knew we just wanted to make it all, like an obvious like mixtape its own its own thing. 
because we've never had we've never had features on i mean we've had we've, we've done features but but not we did a feature with jared watson from the dirty head but we yeah. haven't had a full project where we have a lot of features so we wanted to we knew we wanted to do that and then we knew just, we just wanted to make it like i said we're all super into hip-hop so we just wanted to make it a, a hip-hop sounding mixtape that's that's kind of what we went in there but as far as anything else now we just wanted we just knew we wanted it to sound very um very flexy yeah in your face hip hoppy. yeah <laughs> i was about to say it came out very very hip-hop i like it it comes out with you know strong hip-hop yes. vibes yes! now what's what's the rest of the plans for 2021 uh do you do you have shows scheduled or are you guys in sort of the wait and see formation uh, and then about the album, what what's the rest of the the plans for 2021? Um, we have been there's a lot that we can't totally talk about yet. But, okay. Um, we have been uh, pretty much as far as shows right now, everything has been canceled or postponed. Yeah. And we've tried to book a couple things, and then once it comes time for those, it's still we have to postpone it. Right. And it's getting to the point where we don't want to take on a show, even if it's you know, months down the line and then be the person that's telling everybody, oh, we have to move it again, we have to move it again. Yeah. So music is just like writing new stuff has been the priority. And just I think a couple of weeks ago, we just signed a licensing deal with uh, Silverback oh. uh, Records. And we're doing, uh, we're teaming up with them for all of our new music. Uh, we have a ton of brand new stuff that's coming very soon, but we can't really say any dates here. But, right. you know, stay watching our socials. Yeah. Before you know it, you'll be seeing some new drops. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, the new new. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one last question uh, from the camp podcast. Ryan, are you still wasting hours of time looking at disgusting crap? on tiktok what is that happening absolutely <laughs> yeah i'm actually i've been like looking at the clock like can't wait for this to be over just like <laughs> scroll 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 for another <laughs> it's been uh it's been definitely like a life pit that i've been getting into of just the absolutely mentally deranged and uh <laughs> crackhead homeless people on tiktok i feel like you're gonna go down a couple of months and you're gonna have to have like a, a purge of that like you did alcohol for a month you're gonna have to be like okay i I gotta, I gotta get rid of this in my life for at least a little bit. I, I literally drove past like a big group of homeless people the other day, and like my genuine thought was, I wonder if they have a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the people that I follow. Guys, so, what's your so handle? I, it's either gonna take me down with it, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out on top. We'll see. <laughs> Well, Ryan, Andy, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to come on the show and talk to us. Uh, next time you guys are in Florida, you need to stop by the studio. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely, man. Fantastic. Listeners, Thanks for having us. Yeah. Listeners, you can check out all things at Catastro.com. You can listen to them on Apple or Spotify or follow them on Instagram at Catastro. Right now, let's take a listen to one of their songs off the new mixtape, Not For Sale 2. This is Spoke To God right here on the Doc G Show. Uh, yeah, uh, what's a morning like? What's a morning like? Hey, when it seems nothing to me, let's get it on tonight. She hopping the beam, lost some steam, she the sauna type. Now I got two bad.
in my arms tonight. I got a new spot on top of moon rocks. I can't settle down. I tend to move a lot. She got a bad reputation. I can't leave it alone. She brought Tammy from Miami. Now I'm ready to go. I got a problem like, I got a problem like. I like to play with fire. She the lava type. I'm in my zone tonight. Got so high that I spoke to God tonight. Roll up, sit back, watch the stars tonight. I don't sleep. Got you on my list. I got so mine, now I'm seeing ice. Jesus Christ, now I'm with three angels. Got me feeling like Bozzy, probably need me right. Probably help me balance out, feeling so godly. I spoke to God, been seeking guidance. Took weeks to find it. Need the alignment, where you've been hiding. Lots of knowledge, but still figuring out. I'm just a product of previous problems I spoke to God, he told me that he proud of me now His only argument is uh, that I've uh, been gone for a I'm while I'm in my zone tonight Got so high that I spoke to God tonight Roll up, sit back, watch the stars in line I don't sleep, please tell me what I'm on is like What I'm on is like, I'm in my zone tonight Got so high that I spoke to God tonight Roll up, sit back, watch the stars in line I don't sleep, please tell me what I'm on is like What I'm on Castro, right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Nice. Glad to see that the uh, the COVID didn't it didn't hit Andy too hard. You know, it's uh, so true. Always got to wonder about that. You know, but luckily he's doing good. Band's doing good. Yes. Just signed the new uh, record deal. Going to be releasing some new stuff. Can't tell us. Word. Keep it on the DL. Don't want to let it out yet, you know. Girl, come on. But soon, we will see some new stuff from Catastro. Very excited. And who knows? I may be their next personal trainer on tour. That's right. It could happen. Could happen. Now, I, you know, Demarcus, if you want to, you could take the job. Hey, You could you know, do it if you want. Hey, I'm I wouldn't just, mind hopping on the road and getting some fitness on, like in a different yeah. city. Yeah, we yeah. get up the gym and you know we can go at it. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. mean, they may have they may have heard at the beginning of the show when I said you lift three times your body weight and deadlift. I mean, hey. that that might have impressed them. They might have wrote that down. 
and do, then they uh, heard they heard me say I can barely do over my body weight. And they're like, oh, <laughs> take note of that. Don't want to be like that. That's pretty bad. Uh, anyways, thank you, Catastro, for coming on the show. Fantastic stuff if you haven't listened to it. Also, I mentioned when I was talking to him that remake of Scarlet Begonias. You guys got to check that jam out. One of my favorites of theirs for sure. So true. Uh, okay, DeMarcus, are you ready? Let's go. It's time. What is it time for? Hmm... I want to hear about some shoes, man. Yes! Let's do the yes! shoe and tail. Okay, at first I got worried. I was like, does he know? Did he forget? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Did he forget? It's okay. shoe and tail time, man. That's I've right. I've got another curveball today. This is actually like, I guess you would say, the last true curveball I've got in the collection. Right. Today, I've got the Zoom Flight 95s. Say oh. what? Yeah. Solid. Black and white. Oh, my gosh, man. Now, huh. I will say, these are one of the first shoes that, like, I was just in love with that weren't Jordans. Hmm. That when these came out, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that is so fly. But I can't remember. I can't remember. I got some other shoe right before these came out. Right. So, you know, when I tried to talk my mom into buying these, she was like, no, mm -hmm. just bought you shoes, turd. You're not getting <laughs> any more shoes. And I was like, ah, oh, come on. Blam. You know, but they reissued them in 2015. So, of course, nice. I bought another pair. Of course, I bought them. Now, these came out in the golden age of shoes, man. I was looking back mm. at it. 1995. Oh, my gosh. The shoes that came out in 95. Oh, you, had, yeah. you had the Air Max 95s. Right. You, you had the Jordan 11s. Right. You had the Reebok Kamikazes. Mm -hmm. You had the first Grant Hills from Fila. Mm. You had the Air Pennies. And then you had the Zoom flights, man, all in 95. Mm -hmm. Some of the all greatest the right there. Impressive. Wow. Impressive. Now, this was one of the first shoes that had uh, Zoom Air in it. So it's it's one of the first. Uh, yeah. There were a couple of shoes before it that actually had Zoom Air, but this was the first that actually called it Zoom Air. Hmm. This was the one where they retitled it, hey, this is Zoom Air. Get it while you can get it, you know? <laughs> uh, now... They were endorsed. I think most people know these as, as the uh, Jason Kidd shoe. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he was the dude that actually, like, was in the endorsements. Right, you know? right. They weren't actually called Jason Kidd's, but everybody called them the Jason Kidd's because of that. Uh, hmm. But, like, a ton of NBA players are wearing these. Like, you go back in the pictures of the 95, Jawan Howard was wearing them, Tim Hardaway was wearing mm. them, Brent Berry was wearing them. They're all right. over the uh, all over the NBA, man. So true. But, uh, yeah, I love them, man. Yeah, and, they're pretty dope kicks. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the, uh, the bug eyes on the side. Right. Like, they're so crazy. Like, nobody's ever seen anything like that. They're just... Yeah. They were nuts. They looked like they were from like 2065 back in 1995. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, like this is some... what this is what people wear in the future. <laughs> oh, so sweet. I feel yeah. like you got moon shoes right, right. here. So, Definitely and, moon shoes. That's a fact. And I will say, they they probably felt better than any Jordan I'd ever worn at the time. No offense mm. to Jordans, but we all know they don't wear so well. They don't. They, they yeah. feel like cement blocks on your feet, whereas That's these, 
you felt like you were going to re- literally fly off the court. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and you could get them in lows, which was a rarity for basketball shoes. Mm. That was also... Or mids. I think they weren't lows. They were mids, but they sort of played like lows. Anyways... <laughs> Zoom Flight 95s. There it is. Shoe and tell for the day. Nice. Last curveball. Very excited about those. <laughs> All right. All right, Marcus. I'm not forgetting this time. I'm not forgetting. All right, Doc. Last birthday suit. Here we go. Who we got? Okay. This one, I gave you 90% because I'm pretty oh. pretty confident on this one. Nice. I can't mess this up. Yeah, I'm under pressure. Wait. Yeah, a little bit of pressure, but I think you got it. Uh, born on February 10th, 1959 in Moon Township, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh. Birthday suit wearer, always loved basketball. He grew up, played in high school, eventually played in college. He went to UNC Wilmington first to play basketball, then Clarion. He led in his senior year in assist and free throws. Hmm. Hmm. As soon as he graduated in 1982, he became an assistant under Ted Owens at Kansas. He then took a job as assistant coach at University of Pitt, and then in 1988, he got his first head coaching position at the University of Massachusetts. He then made the jump to the NBA, and he was the head coach of the New Jersey Nets from 96 to 99. Speaking of Jason Kidd, he All coached right. him right there. Yeah, uh, he, hmm? I was going to say, that's my man, John. Yeah? yeah. John? Uh, k- k- uh, Cala... Cala... Mm. Perry. Ah, there it is. <laughs> Took it a little bit to get that yeah, last name, like, but that's wait. it. That's it. It's yeah. John Calipari. Yes, nice. indeed. JC. He then went from the New Jersey Nets to the Memphis uh, uh, University of Memphis. And then right. in 2009, he became the head coach of Kentucky. His hmm. NCAA tournament record is 38-12. and 12. He's hmm. made it to the Sweet 16 12 times, the Elite 8 10 times, the Final Four 6 times, the Championship 3 times, and he's right. won... One championship in 2012. Jeez. There it is. John Calipari. Been a bit of a rough season for him so far this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've noticed, man, and I, I, I am definitely putting a whole lot in the fact that there aren't true home games because of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, like that's a fact. I've noticed that all of your blue, you know, your 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 blue chip teams, your Kansas, your Duke, your North mm-hmm. Carolina, your Kentucky, all of those teams have been doing horrible this season oh, by yeah. their standards. Right. Uh, you know, not horrible, just over. I mean, they they. I mean, a couple of them are like fifty percent. Uh, I know Florida Kentucky. State's been on fire lately. Oh, they have. Yeah. yeah. So true. Yeah, oh, Leonard down there in Florida State, he's got a rolling man. Yeah. He's he's a good coach. Oh, he's yeah. a real good coach. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they don't worry about crowds because they're at Florida State. Nobody oh, comes yeah. to their basketball <laughs> games. Right. They only care about football. So he's yeah. been he's been rolling down there. Um, but, yeah, Kentucky, it's been rough. It's been rough. So, you know, relax. 
Have yeah. a have a good have a good birthday there, John. Turning the big sixty-two, John is. Shout out, JC. Shout out. Sixty-two. He looks pretty good for sixty-two. You know? Yeah. Not he, bad. He's aging pretty well. He's got a good head of hair. That's yeah. solid. You yeah. know? That's a fact. Uh maybe, maybe, maybe John could hit the gym a little bit more. Yeah. Huh? You know? I'm not yeah. I'm not saying, John, that you're out like out of shape. I'm just saying yeah. maybe, just... maybe a little bit more. Maybe you want to try to be more like John uh Cochran from Nebraska. <laughs> you know? Reach that one oh one. That's all I'm saying. That's true. Anyways, you got 40 years until then, John. 61, or 39. I did it again. Come on. 2021, Ben. Get it in your head. Anyways, okay. Demarcus, it's time to tell you about the shows. Oh, man, the shows. We got some. Next week, we have got the great band Betcha. Betcha is coming on the show. Charlie Green, their lead singer, is going to talk to us. Can't wait for it. They're signed by Atlantic Records, the big time. Uh, Can't wait to talk to him, see what's happening down in Nashville. Then we've got Mob Rich coming up on the show. That's right. Can't wait for Mob Rich. That's going to be a good one as well. We've also got Younger Hunger on the show. Very excited about Younger Hunger. And then lastly, from right here in Jacksonville, we've got the one, we've got the only Uno right here on the Doc G Show. I can't wait for it. That's it. That's it. I can't wait for it, man. They're going to be some great shows. we got them all lined up all the way through March. Can't wait. Um, But for now, we got to wrap up the show. I've been your host, Doc G. With me, I'd like to say... I like to say, one of my faves, Demarcus Heller, right here on the Doc G Show. Shout out. Hey, y'all hold it down. Stay proud. Make sure Mm. you follow your boy on Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. Strength Coach D Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on Instagram. That is. Yes. Ashley is Strength underscore Coach underscore D. Huh? Okay. Get it right. There it is. Yeah. Don't want to shout out your handle wrong there. (laughs) Yeah. Sure, you'll see sure. you'll see him working out. You'll oh, see yeah. him working out, repping the Doc G show in his fantastic gym in the garage. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Check fantastic. it out. Fantastic. He he brings he brings the passion every day in that gym. <laughs> every day. Sure. Anyways, guys, until next week, I've been your host, Doc G. I will see you next week. Zip it up and zip it out. All right. <laughs>